If more of you supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Right? Yeah, <laughs> the Sending out good vibes. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 85 today. Uh, we're going to be talking about DMT and uh, UFOs with Darren from Gramerica. Sorry for the technical uh, delays there, but uh, just figuring out this new program here for our, uh, our live sessions. Uh, what's going on, Darren? How are you? Not too much, man. Uh, just uh, happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Yeah, actually, thanks for I was, thanks for putting up with our shenanigans. <laughs> you know what? I had uh, plenty of my own shenanigans at one time, and I still do from time to time, so I don't mind. Uh, I was listening to one of your episodes recently. I think it was a guy. It was one of your psilocybin episodes. I don't know how long it was, like last week or something. And you were talking about how you had DMT, but you had been saving it for like a long time and you hadn't done it before. Uh, and then you were just talking a little bit before and you said that you just did it for the first time. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Uh, sure. I So, yeah, I did that a couple <laughs> weeks ago. And I I had held off. It's funny because when we were talking on the... When we were talking, I believe that was probably the Daniel Sidoramdas episode, right before the Psilocybin uh, Summit. But actually, he was nice enough to let me host one of those with a friend of the show, Tom Hatsis, which was great. Uh, yeah, well, I'd done a lot of mushrooms. Not a lot, but, uh, you know, I don't know, a couple dozen times for sure. Uh, probably more like... That's a lot. Yeah, probably more like, mm, I did them a lot when I was younger, and then when I got older, like, I would say probably in the last six years is when I started really taking them with any real reverence. So I've probably, that's been more like eight times. Eight, eight times with some, like, spiritual uh, meaning behind it. And so I thought, and I mean, I've done some pretty nice. some pretty decent doses. I thought I would... And I've done a lot of LSD and stuff like that in my younger days. I don't do anything chemical anymore. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. you know, if it grows or can be can be broken down from something that grows, I'll 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 get into it. But uh, I mean, not all, not everything. Obviously, I'm still. What's uh, the biggest dose? Like, what's the biggest dry dose you've ever done? Probably about four and a half grams. That's a mm. lot. Yeah, somewhere between well, somewhere between four and four. It wasn't quite five. Somewhere between three and a half and four and a half. Enough. Oh, yeah. Need. Yeah, that when it was when it was. I mean, there's the five G everybody needs, right? Yes. Yes. That's I mean, when I was younger, I'm an animal. I'm not gonna lie. I've tried ten before when I was younger because I was I I was fucking I was trying everything. I mean, well, I've done bigger dude same too. thing. I've done them a lot when I was younger. Not as, I mean, I don't know how many times I lost track, but um, 10 is is a portal for sure. 
um, to a different dimension. So, <laughs> but even if you do four or five, I mean, what do they say? Uh, Terrence McKenna says take five and sit in darkness or something, you know, like the heroic dose. So, I mean, if you get to that four or five gram dose, you're, you're flying high. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. I've done, and I've done some pretty heroic doses LSD back in the day, like maybe a decade ago was probably the last time I did LSD and it was a lot. And you, I, I won't ever do that again. I'm good. Well, Superman. I'm good for. Did, did you like it or no? Uh, I go. I've I've had positive and negative experiences with LSD. The interesting thing with LSD is I always found there's kind of a bunch of different phases to it, and some of them are fun, and others are less fun. And uh, depending on your set and setting and your mindset, you know that. <clears throat> kind of takes a lot of control but regardless of what kind of trip you had i always found that like the morning after uh you know for the, the like hangover or whatever you want to call it you know you kind of go through that phase where you feel kind of dirty and then you kind of I, I always kind of fell into the zone where you i could be multitasking with like and this is way before anyone was talking about microdosing or anything like that you know, this is 10, 15 years ago, but I always found, you know, you'd have that next day, you'd, I'd settle into this groove where I could have like, you know, six different tasks on the go, you know, and they're all, I'm kind of ping ponging back and forth between all of them. And they're all, you know, everything's just in the zone and everything's happening. I'm getting to the next station at the right time. And, you know, something that, that I couldn't do right now, for example, you know, mm -hmm. I couldn't multitask on that level right now because of the the multi multiple layers of concentration that are required that I found that the come down of LSD sort of provided. And it made me wonder, it makes me wonder if, if you could microdose that somehow and get uh, what the effects would be. If, because I mean, people that are microdosing psilocybin are sort of noticing the same thing where you're, you're sort of perpetually in the zone or with the flow, um, which uh, is an interesting state. And, um, uh, <clears throat> So anyway, long story short, all of my experience with psychedelics, uh, psychedelics, I would consider myself a fairly experienced psychonaut, uh, was out the window for DMT. Nothing prepared me. The only thing sure. that kind of prepared me maybe a little bit was the start of it might have been a little less scary because the very beginning of the, the very, when it first started, maybe the first 30 or 40 seconds um, when you're sort of just after the first hoot and you're sort of slipping out, you kind of get that. And if you've done 10 grams of mushrooms, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say you start to see like the, the red and green, they're usually red and green lines and they're like forming sort of the edges of reality. Yeah. And the, the, uh, initially they'll start coming at you as tracers. Maybe if you see from a TV or a screen or a light, you'll get these sort of red and green crazy tracers coming at you. And it, and and on heavy doses of shrooms, you can get those where you're looking and you can sort of start to see that you're seeing through some sort of veil. And it's like, you know, reality isn't how you're seeing it. There's this sort of holographic fabric behind it. And it's kind of like the holodeck is how I used to describe it. And I've used that even when I was on like heavy doses of mushrooms back in the day. So there's, you get into these red and green lines sort of world and it seems sort of holodecky, and that's kind of where the psychedelic experience sort of started creeping into my view on on reality. And with DMT, I mean, that was just like so. Like the shroom effect was probably over in about thirty seconds, 
And that's sort of like, it wasn't subtle anymore. It was sort of slowly taking over everything. So there wasn't, you know, my objective reality around me, the space I was in was slowly turning entirely into these red and green lines like I was in some sort of weird simulation. And then that sort of sure. that sort of started transitioning over and after I had blew that hoot out and I decided I was going to have another one. And by this time I couldn't even really hold anything nice. anymore, but he had to help me out. He asked and I decided I was scared. By so by this time I was pretty terrified about having any more because it was coming on quick and it was super overwhelming. But I decided beforehand that I was crossing over and I heard a lot of stories about people that weren't, you know, had tried and didn't this exact situation I had kind of heard about. And I was like, okay, uh -huh. so I'm going for it. And, uh, it was scary, but, uh, that's where the experience probably helped out the experience of psychedelics in the past where I was like, okay, it's going to be okay. Um, and then about how many hoots did you have Two. So about okay. halfway through the second hoot, you know, I kind of lost, there was a TV in the background that was gone. All I could really see was the smoke in the pipe. And then the pipe sort of started to glow. And then that was sort of, and then I remember like sitting back with the second hoot in and that, so that went from the, so from now, so the interesting thing is I did a recap on this like a week ago, but the whole experience, I mean, we're about 10 or 15 days after now, and the, the experience is still coming together in my mind. But um, anyway, so yeah. as, as I'm sitting back and holding that hoot in, it went from the red and green lines to sort of like... Um, I know it seemed like I was in a space bar or something like that. It seemed like like everything was just <laughs> hyper, hyper colorized and like shiny and like over the top. And the person I was with, I didn't really recognize anymore. My buddy Jay, he he might as well have been a stranger. Um, I was slowly becoming a stranger. At that point, when I blew out the second hoot, I started really freaking out, like really, really scary, like. Like I said, I, I would equate it as probably the most terrifying experience of my life uh, for a little while there. I couldn't tell you, you how Did you just long. let go? That's what it took eventually was let letting like, go. Did you? Yeah, like so instantly like time started. Yeah. So instantly like that was one of the main things like when I still had some grasp on reality um, is like all concept of time was out the window. So that was the first thing to go was time was gone. So I was supposed to pick up my kids like, you know, the next day sometime. And like that whole concept of time is gone. And I'm, so I start freaking out about my kids. Are my kids safe? And buddy's like, so that's where the beauty of having someone else there helped out. Because if I wasn't, if I wouldn't have been with someone else, I could have, I could totally see me uh, getting hung up there in that terror and without having sure. someone there to sort you of mentioned, say. You uh mentioned, I was gonna say you mentioned like how everything so like when I took all like that high dose of mushrooms everything kind of started to blend together and it kind of everything dissolved into kind of like one and you could just kind of make out certain you know outlines of people and trees you know I was out in nature and different things 
when you did that, does it dissolve it? Like, do you, I know, cause I, like, obviously I've, like I said before on the show many times, I've never done DMT. I'm not opposed to doing it. It's just never come across my path and it's not something I'm going to, you know, extract myself or anything. So, um, but did Super you easy. feel like, yeah, I'm <laughs> sure it is. I just, I don't really want to, at this, you know, I'm older now. I don't really, I've gone through the experimental phases. I've done all the psychedelics pretty much except for that one. The only time I've ever been offered it, we were at a fish show, Maurice and I, when we were 16 in Cincinnati and we met this guy on the Greyhound bus. Ah. He was kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. And he, he mentioned it a couple of times. Crazy. We, that was a we were, the only, the only thing we knew at that point is when we were like 16 is we had tripped on mushrooms and done a few things, but Irwids was like kind of like the go-to source Irwids um, and like their trip reports and stuff. And DMT was kind of like back then, I mean, this was probably 2001, 2000, I don't even know, a long time ago. And all the trip, 2002, all the trip reports on there were nuts. It's like my reality was instantly replaced with a different reality. And I saw aliens. I talked to Jesus. all, All the trip reports were just insane. And there wasn't really much talk about it. Now it's like one of the main topics you find within the psychedelic community. And, you know, a lot of these, you know, research is going into it with near-death experiences and the recent study with the rat where um, they put, they induced rats into cardiac arrest and found that um, that DMT is endogenously, uh, endogenously produced in the brain and not just the pineal gland. So they're going to follow up on that. But, um when you when you had this experience, was it it was different in the sense that did you feel like you were in a different realm or a different dimension, or did it feel like the same place? It's just all the visuals were replaced. Like, what did it feel like? Um, no, I wasn't anywhere. I was dead. <laughs> so okay. that's like so after after losing. So time was the first thing to sort of slip away, but the the big thing was like all concept of self slipped away. Like I broke through every layer of myself and it was gone to the point that. So after I did go into that other sort of weird world and that's kind of where it happened, where I had this, I don't even know. It was like a weird sort of psychedelic school bus, but it wasn't a school bus, but there's no other words I can think of to really describe it. And it was like infinitely long going by on a 45 degree angle and all the windows were slot machines of entities. And uh, people asked me if they were trying to talk to me or look at me or anything like that. But there was no me to talk to. By that point, I had already broken up and I had no concept of what or who I was at that time. You know, there was no, I was an outside observer to everything. Darren wasn't observing anything because Darren didn't exist. And not only did Darren exist, I had no memory of anybody like Darren ever existing. I was an outside, I felt like I was an outside observer to reality, 100%. And then when that started to shift back, there was a moment and I, I can't even tell you how it was presented to me because I can't remember. I remember mm-hmm. bits and pieces and flashes, but there were moments when I could see all these different faces, people from my past, people from my present, people from my future maybe. It was like I knew who they – there was people there whose faces I'd never seen before, but I knew who they were. 
uh, if that makes sense, but I couldn't tell you what their names were or anything like that. And the weird thing was I couldn't even tell you like what, because I remember for a moment trying to piece together in my head, like who was who even in my family, but I couldn't because there was no, it was like trying to place where these faces came from. And I remember having fleeting things of trying to place these faces. And I couldn't tell you whose face was whose, who say my mom was to a stranger that I just walked by in the street or someone I hadn't met yet or someone, you know, that was my third grade teacher or who the mother of my children were or all of that was gone. And I couldn't figure out why, but as I sort of sit with it, it's be, it's, it comes back to that thing because at the moment when I was observing all that, there was no self for me to like, um, correlate it to. I couldn't run it up against any sort of my database because whatever was inside me had been somehow fucking ripped apart, blown open and thrown out onto this spreadsheet in front of me. My entire past, my entire present and my entire future was presented to me in some way that I can't explain, comprehend, or even tell you what it looked like. And then... Did you meet? No, there was no me to meet anybody. Well, I was going to say most people encounter what are called called the DMT entities or some people. Yeah. So I don't know if I didn't go far enough or if I went too far, but I was. Sounds like you had the ego dissolving. I was. That's how I feel. So I was past anything being able to communicate with me because there was no me left to communicate with. Was the. Was the DMT, was it NNDMT or was it NM, E5MEO? Yeah, yeah NM. okay. So, so then, the NM is the plant-based one. You that's know, right, uh, from the bark. Extracted, yep. you know, the 5MEO is from the Bufo alivaris, which is the Colorado river toad. Um, that one, the 5MEO from the people we've talked to and the interviews and just research and stuff that I've seen sounds like it's more like a near-death experience, which is actually kind of what it sounds like you experienced was more of the white light, ego-dissolving kind of experience. But I've also heard of people having that on the MN DMT. So. Yeah, and then from there, it just sort of was a slow. So that was all. I mean, I came out and I was like, how long has it been? And I think he was like seven minutes, seven, (laughs) seven or eight minutes. And I was like, I mean, at that moment, I almost started crying. I remember like very distinctly. And I don't know why I wasn't sad, but I just, I had this overwhelming, that was at that moment, I almost burst into tears um, for whatever reason. I don't know why as a happiness was, I mean, honestly, when I look back at it now, like I'm walking around with no weight on my shoulders compared to what I had three weeks ago, like whatever, whatever baggage was coming around with me. So that, so like 10 minutes, you're kind of back in reality, but you're not really, you're sort of, you're back, your visuals are back. You're back in the room. I know who Jay is. I'm back. I know. I've got my faculties sort of amongst me. But now that process is there's another like half an hour there of like coming back together, slowly fitting. And and to be honest, 
I thought it was over four days later, but now here I am two weeks later and I feel like I'm still, I'm still coming back together in some ways. And I'm, I don't know. I mean, you have a history of like, uh, anxiety. Do you have a history of anxiety or depression or no, no. No. Okay. I mean, I was just curious if you did, if it, I had a lot of problems in in my past, but I spent, I've spent a lot of time, like the last like five years of my life since I had kids, I've, I've been actively on a path of self-improvement. You know, I quit smoking, I quit drinking, I became more mindful, you know, whatever, get into, you get into counseling, you know, I, I look at becoming a better human as a part of the life. You know, I think that that's important part of life. That's kind of what we were talking about with philosophy before. Like to me, that's like a big part of philosophy to me and the stoicism and stuff like that is about, um, constantly trying to improve yourself and be the best human you can be. Um, so, and and I honestly think the DMT fit right into that. And I mean, I almost didn't do it again for years. I've, I've had it and I've been putting it off for years and, uh, I almost didn't do it again, but I had just finished reading a book, uh, by Michael Singer called the surrender experiment. And it really resonated with me. There was parts of that book that really resonated with me. And uh, the concept of the book is basically that the voice inside your head now, he just calls it, I forget what he calls it, but I've equated that the voice inside your head that everyone has, it's always telling you shit, mostly that you're shitty. Um, Not mostly, but there's enough of that mixed in there. Anyway, I've started Mm -hmm. to equate that to being the ego, or at least the ego seems to have the most active control of it. And um, so anyway, that the whole point of the book is to not listen to that voice inside your head. And when life sort of presents itself, you know, whatever that voice does to talk you out of it, just ignore it. Anyway, I just finished reading that book that morning and my buddy Jay called me up and he's like, how about this weekend? We, we do that DMT (laughs) and like the voice in my head is fucking screaming. Nope. No, 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 no. Not a good time. You got to wait. Your head's not in a good place. You know, I've gone through a separation and stuff. So, you know, it's been a tough summer. I had, and the voice in my head was just saying, nope, 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 nope. And I said, you know what? That fucking book says to ignore this fucking guy. So I did. (laughs) And I mean, I don't think I could have found a better time for the medicine to come into my life than exactly when it did. And I feel like a different human being uh, than I was before it started. A, I can, I have a lot of forgiveness for people that I was having trouble finding. I have nothing but love for, for people um, that I was having trouble finding. Um, I just feel more blessed and mindful about everything. Like I felt, I woke up the next day feeling more blessed than I have in my entire life. And I've been able to carry that forward. And I, I mean, I've done it pretty mindfully because I've, I'm, I'm blessed to have the company, um, not the company, but the friendship of a lot of very experienced psychonauts, uh, mostly through the show, right? We do a show, we talk about stuff. Mm -hmm. We've got this huge discord, so, you know, I've got a ton of people that have done a ton of DMT, uh, able to sort of 
prepare me for certain things and coach me. And that was kind of part of it. They're like, you know, if that feeling you're feeling fades in about two week, two to four weeks. If you just fucking go back to your regular life. But if you make a couple adjustments in your life, like uh, get into meditating while your mind is quiet, which, I, and I'll tell you, I've never been able to meditate mm -hmm. my entire life. And since it started, I've started daily meditation. And it's like the other day I, I went an hour and 15 amazing, minutes man. With, without even noticing it. So I'm, I've gone from someone who couldn't sit still for 10 minutes to try and meditate yeah. to someone who meditated for an hour and 15 minutes the other day. And I just lost track of time. I mean, when I went to get up, I could barely walk because my fucking legs were numb. <laughs> and uh, the yeah. other thing I, I've brought into, I was doing it a bit before, but I've done it religiously uh, since then is um, at least morning and evening gratitudes, prayers. And uh, nice. and I like real gratitude prayers, not just, oh, I'm thankful for this or that. Like I take the time to sit there and feel it in my heart. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just riding the cloud right now. I'm, I'm living in the clouds. And, uh, you know, it's a, a thing today, like I've noticed I've been able to manifest different states. Like today I had to uh, go for a long drive. And, uh, oh, that's another thing. I've been smoking way less pot since it happened. Yeah. And not even by a conscious choice, just because I forget to smoke pot when I would normally smoke pot. Um, but I was driving today. Right. I had a long drive in the sunshine. And if you're a pot smoker, you'll know that feeling you get when the right tune comes on and you just smoked a nice sativa and you're just, the sun comes in and it's just perfect. And uh, I mean, I didn't have any pot. Right. I didn't have any pot. And I was just able to sort of settle into that. I mean, I, my, when I looked in the mirror, my eyes were even squinting. Hey, just so you know, it kicked us out, but we can go live again right now. I'm just going to hit the button again. So it's good. it just stopped just now, but I'm hitting live right now. So we're going live again. Cool. All right. Sorry, folks. We're, we had to resume the uh, stream. We're back, though. Um, but, yeah, you were talking about how you smoke less pot since your um, experience. experience. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think though? And I've been able act, to manifest like, that state of feeling stoned. How would you compare it to, um, so like after you take a high dose of psilocybin or even sometimes LSD, the next day you're man, you're like, I got to get my shit together. You know, like makes you reassess your life in a in a way where it's like, I got to do this, that, and the other. I got to get this going. How would you compare it to that? Or would you not compare it to that at all? Honestly, uh, this is probably going to sound uh, obnoxious, but it's really not meant to be. <clears throat> There's not really anything in my life I could have that feeling about right now. Like, if I would have done this 10 years ago or five years ago, sure, probably. But I don't have a lot of I don't feel, you know, we've all got our shame we deal with on a daily level right. that creeps in. But like, as far as overall, you know, I've spent a lot of time working on myself and, you know, I've, I've, I see a counselor regularly for years, not because I have any underlying condition, just because it seems like a good idea. And 
I've, I've, I've really started like sure. five years ago paying really, really close attention to my emotional health. And in the last year, especially in the last year, like in the last year, my number one focus is my mind state, my mindset and my emotional health. So I think from that phase, you know, that I'm, con I, I'm actively looking for ways to clean up my life or make it better or improve it. So honestly, the DMT made me more than anything come to accept myself and love myself for exactly where I'm at. Sure. But do you think uh, I don't think anyone should do it unless they're sure that they're ready? Because, oh, I mean that's the thing is it's what not about, just a, what if what if, forget about ready not ready. What about I mean, we've all got shit in our lives. I'm sure there's always, and I, I understand what you're saying, that there's nothing really major going on that it's kind of like an internal struggle. But do you, th I mean, I've talked to a lot of people where it seemed like it helped push them in a certain direction, like was the catalyst for them to change too. So yeah, that's what I mean. You got to be ready for. Right. You've got to be ready to put your life on its head. Yeah. Because I think it'll just bounce back and like, I think if you, I think you can just phase it out in a month. You know what I mean? Sure. Like a month down the road, it can be nothing. And I think that would be a huge, huge waste. Mm -hmm. So right. that's what I mean. Like when I've got, cause I, I've had about a half a dozen people reach out to me in the last two weeks, you know, want all my buddies that, you know, uh, that are local, that that have been kind of humming and hawing for a decade too. You know what I mean? And now I'm sort of the first one in my circle to take the plunge and everyone's right. like a little tepid still, especially cause when they ask me, I'm like, you know, I'm not like, yes, that was awesome. You gotta do that. I mean, it was a fucking experience, <laughs> dude. I mean, I I'm coming right. out here two weeks later, extremely happy with all of the things that happened with the outcome. But I'll be what fucking shaking like a bitch the next time I have that pipe in my hand. I'll tell you that right <laughs> yeah. now because it wasn't fun. It wasn't yeah, fun. No, there was nothing. No joking, there was nothing about it that was fun. Right. For if that makes. What sense. do you think though in regards to you guys do a, a similar show to us? So your show, I mean, uh, similar in some ways. We, we've had a couple of the same people you guys have interviewed on your show on our show, but. Um, you guys weighed more in the waters of like some of the conspiracy stuff and some of the, um, you know, we, we don't get into that stuff, not because we don't want to. I just feel like there's enough of that out there, but you guys do it in a way that I can appreciate. Like some of the conspiracy shows I've listened to, it's like, Oh, come on, really, man? Like you're going to, you're going to talk about that. Like that's not even really that logical, you know, but you guys do it in a way. I don't know. <laughs> I think it was just the other day you were talking to some guy about climate change and he wasn't saying that we're not changing our environment in any way, but he was talking about, um, just the science and like the lack of data that, or the, the data that they don't show and the data that they like push in certain directions for different ways. But do you think that after having this experience that, did you ever have, did you have like an epiphany of like maybe something fringe topic wise or something conspiratorial wise 
or something in that nature where you thought, man, that's bunk, or I believe that now, or I don't believe that, or did you have any revelations regarding any of the research or guests or anything like that you've had on your show? Uh, well, my, I, when I started the show, I was, uh, probably a conservative and then a couple years into the show, I registered as a libertarian and then Mm -hmm. now I've walked away from politics. I won't vote this year. I don't think your vote matters. I think that the left is just controlled opposition to the right and the rest are just useful idiots and they're all fascists driving the fascist West into global domination and nothing that we do will change that apart from becoming the best human you can. And I think that if you become, if we hit a critical mass of good humans, making good humans and raising good humans, then we might be able to fucking back out of this mess eventually. But if we just keep pretending nothing's wrong and everything's fine and we can just stay the course, then these fucking, yeah, it's just gonna, it's just gonna keep, yeah, you know, it's just, I don't want to blame certain people for certain, for where we're at. I want to, I'd rather take it on as a whole. No, I did yeah, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant like, um, you guys entertain ideas in a way that most people will go down a rabbit hole and they're just set in their ways. You can't really reason with them. Otherwise you guys just kind of take a more, um, you know, open-minded approach where you'll entertain it, but you can kind of sniff out the bullshit either way. You know, I was just curious if this DMT experience kind of, I mean, for, for, for instance, Oh, the DMT. Um, okay. I thought you meant the podcast. Well, I, well, yeah, no, no, I yeah, I just mean like in terms of like with your podcast. So like for an example, uh, we've done a number of episodes on psychedelics. Um, and then not that long ago, I mean, I don't know how long it was months and months ago now, but I had a psilocybin experience that was pretty visionary and it brought to light certain things that we had talked about and certain things that guests had brought up on the show. And it kind of just intertwined in this like epiphany or like visionary experience where things started to kind of come into focus. And I was able to like, see what was bullshit, what was not bullshit, like that kind of a thing. I was just curious if that had that effect on you. Cause like I said, you, you guys wait in, like, we don't ever talk about politics on the show. I'm not a political person. I could care less. The point of us doing our show is to break people out of that mindset where you look on Twitter, you look on Facebook, you look on Instagram, it's all political shit all day long. And I feel like some of the greatest questions, like, why are we here? What is their purpose? what is our purpose? You know, like are, is there life out there? Like some of the greatest questions aren't really being taken seriously. And a lot of the political shits just shoved in our face all day long. So that's why I was just curious if maybe having this visionary experience had kind of either, you know, helped you see the light on certain things or other things or not really, it just didn't really cross your mind or what was, you know, any revelations that happened. No, I mean, like, like I said before, I think the only real revelation was that everyone's just doing their best and that just give everyone a break and send them some fucking love. And, uh, yeah. And even if they're not, the one thing I can tell you for sure is my world's a whole lot better if I think they are, because the last couple of weeks, that's the mindset I've taken is, you know, don't get mad at other people. Don't judge other people. Right. And you know what the, you know what the side effect of that is? 
I'm a happier person. <laughs> sure. So I think, sure. you know, then that's the one correlation from all of my psychedelic experiences. And the one thing that kind of, you know, more often than not at the end of the podcast, Graham and I are saying that love's the answer. I mean, you know, over 10% of the guests, whatever, you know, you, you start out talking about um, quantum physics with a fucking <laughs> quantum physicist. Right. And at the end, it works out to, you know, we just got to love more. That's where the conversation right. ends up. And I think that's, the positive that's, energy around. that's a clue to, and that's, where I end up with my outlook on fixing the world is by just being better people. Yeah. And I don't really think, um, from my experiences, I don't really even believe that there is, I mean, I think evil is one of two things. It could be a mental disorder, like psycho, you know, being a psychopath or sociopath or something like that, where there's literally something wrong with your brain. Yeah. Very limited. Or the other, or the other, end of that is just ignorance like i think most evil or what's perceived as evil is actually just ignorance on the, the the part of the person that's you know in that realm so when somebody says they're evil well it's just a different perspective you don't know that person's path or their how they've gotten there that kind of a thing so like i said i think there's two things it could either be a mental disorder or it could be just ignorance and usually it's ignorance on a day-to-day -day basis and we like to conflate you know a lot of different um, of these scenarios, like everybody thinks everybody now is a narcissist if they don't agree with them and this and that. Well, we all have a little bit of narcissism and, you know, it's called your ego, you know, and you got to feed it, like you said, love and light and happiness. And if you feed it those things, generally it'll, it'll push you down a good path. And if you're feeding it, oh, everybody's out to get me, poor me, pity me, you know, like that kind of stuff. I think it'll push you back and you probably regress into some sort of um, mindset like that, but we that's all just know my... a couple of Eeyores in our life. Well, the other thing <laughs> is you got to remember that that's not the only voice in the room. It's just the loudest right. and the most persistent. Right. And if you can get him to shut exactly. the fuck up for a minute, then a couple other people <laughs> might chime in. And even, you know, sure. you might have to say, okay, man, I hear you. Yeah. I know you think it's scary. We shouldn't do that. Or I know you think that's a bad idea, but you know, we're going to do that anyway. Just, I think that that's a big takeaway is don't assume that the, you are the voice in your head and don't let it make all your decisions. Right. No yeah, matter I mean, how logical it sounds or how good of an argument it has, because that's what got you right where you're at. And if you want something I've different. Reading, yeah. I've been reading a lot of philosophy and philosophy of the mind kind of stuff. Um, there's a, there's these series called great courses where they're, um, academics that do these like lectures and it's like put into a book format there's audiobooks and stuff too but um there's one on philosophy of the mind where this guy breaks down he goes from all the way from our primitive you know consciousness to where we are now you know looks at like the pre-socratic philosophers to you know socrates and plato and aristotle and then works his way up to descartes um you know and then now we're, and then he works his way all the way up to like artificial intelligence and it's just interesting that we are where we are, you know, it's only been, I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, like 6,000 years of modernish civilization. Um, and we're now creating this crazy technology. Um, but when I look at the way that the mind works, I think it's, it's weird because if you take a step back, um, we are almost like a computer in some ways, like the way we, 
interpret information and then the way that we project that information into the world. So I think that people, you know, also need to look within themselves and understand how the mind works. Like, I don't think enough people understand like how, what's the, what's the brain doing with the subconscious, the conscious, um, you know, the way you in, you know, interpret information, like all that stuff. So, you know, I know we were talking a little bit before about that, but what aspect of all that interests you the most? Well, I think it's all just programming. I think, um, mm-hmm. well, I do now, that's not 100% true because I think I got a lot of time for the archetypes, um, you know, the Jungian 16 archetypes or whatever. I think there's something there, but I still, I don't know. I, I'm i not convinced that you're born like that and that those aren't the 16 archetypes that we're able to turn into, you know, like, I don't know if that's nature or nurture mm-hmm. because I've heard both arguments. Uh, I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not, you know, really ready to argue with anyone about it, but I'm not convinced that you're born with one of those archetypes. I think you sort of, I think you're born an open slate and that the only thing that makes humans different is their programming. And, um, <clears throat> So the interesting thing about the archetypes and you were talking about the computer there. So I would say to get like the ultimate computer, you would need 16 people, which is interesting because right. that fits into like the Ram and all those fucking five, six, you know, it would divide into the two fifty six and everything. That's would it. I, think it I don't would. think we're close. I mean, I don't think we're, you know, if you're talking about like AI and stuff, I don't think we're even close. No, I mean, like, human we don't potential. Even know, so we that, don't even know what consciousness is. You maximize yeah, yeah, human potential. Word, you don't even know with one of each if of the human types. We can crack types. the hard problem of consciousness, right? No, we can't. We can car- that's crack- one thing I took from TMT. Is there's no way. You think so? Yeah. So I was going to say I don't think we'll ever be able to. But even if we were, I don't think we're even close at all. Like I think, I think we're so far from understanding consciousness. Like here, there's like like a thought experiment. Like try and imagine yourself in somebody else's consciousness or outside of your consciousness, you can't because literally you are your mind. Well, I can't. Even your body, you can be fooled to think that your body is your, but really, I mean, that's when you can bring in like dualism and, uh, and that kind of stuff, but like Descartes meditations and all that stuff. But, um, you know, like your, your mind is your mind, but you can't think outside your mind in the sense that you can't put yourself in somebody else's consciousness. You can think about the way you think about that person, but there's no way to actually tell the, what perception, no. of, uh, you know, like what's what's the perception of that other person. I would so agree I think with you're that. Right. Like I don't think I, from doing psychedelics, I think that's the only way. Like even if you dissolve into this one, or you have an ego dissolving experience, or whatever, you still are you. You are still your mind. You know what I'm saying? Like you are still there. I disagree. So like. You think so? Like, I I think for fucking four minutes that I was not that. There was n- absolutely no concept of that. Well, I've never done DMT specifically, so I can't really speak. You know, that, that's your experience. When my one I, buddy know, asked me about it, I would say that the that the that one of the ways to describe it would be like getting shot in the face with a shotgun. Jesus. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, I'm not, I'm not even joking. That's like, it, it equates very, very eerily similar to death and rebirth. Have you ever had a near death experience? No. So you can talk about it being an ego death, but right. at that moment, it sure doesn't feel like that. 
Because I, well, I, I, I can get to the point now where I can observe my ego as a bystander briefly. And there was, that wasn't that person either. You know what I mean? Like there's no semblance of self. There's not, and it's not well, like you're gone to the one. Happen. You're not even gone to the one or anything like that. It's just, right. you're dead. <laughs> you don't even, the thing about ego is, and we've talked about this before too, I don't think that ego even has to be a bad, like ego, like to me, like if you feed your ego the right shit, you know, like when I was younger in my 20s, I thought I knew better than a lot of people. I had like a, you know, oh, I know better than that or that guy doesn't know what he's talking about, like that kind of a thing. And slowly over time, I've evolved to like entertain most people and try and see their perspective, try and understand why this person thinks the way that they do and that kind of stuff. And I think by doing that, you open your ego up to a different realm, which is this like love, like you said, like love and positivity and that kind of stuff. But I don't yep. think the ego even has to be a negative thing. I think it's who you are. And I, I think agree. that's why we have great musicians. You know, if I, if there wasn't, you know, you know, one of my heroes growing up, Trey Anastasio from fish, if he didn't, if he wasn't unbelievable at the guitar, I wouldn't want to play the guitar. It was him. I wanted to get as good as him or be better than him, you know? So it's this thing that, you know, makes you kind of great in a way if you can tell yourself the right narrative, you know? Maybe. I would argue that the, I would argue that the ego spends more time trying to talk you out of becoming that great guitarist. I would say the ego spends so? more time telling you that you're never going to get there and there's no point and you don't have the talent. Yeah, I would spend... I but think, then I look at the you e to want to do better? Maybe. Maybe some people, yeah. And even if, I mean, I I, you can get to the point where you have a healthy ego, sure, but you still got to remember that he's not driving the bus. Right. He's just on the bus with a couple other so people. If you, dissolve you know who ego, does a real good job of putting it together? Has you ever seen that movie Inside Out? The Pixar one? No, no, but I want to. Oh, is that what the, yeah, the little, the, the, uh, the little colored people that you know, inside the head yeah, running the yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say I the, e, the e, so take that and like <clears throat> split it up from feelings into one of those being the ego, one of those being the observing mind, you know, and I don't know who else is in there, but that's how I'm starting to look at how the mind works. The voice in your head is just one of, Sure. two, three or four different things in there. And if you can, you just need to get to the point that you don't. And I'm not saying sometimes, sometimes that ego, if that's what we're calling it, might have the best fucking idea at that moment, but you'll never know what right. the other ideas are. If you can't get past him being the only idea. And I'm not, you, you know, had... he might be right. 25% of the time, he might be right. 50% of the time. But, you know, there's a whole history of Eastern philosophy and a bunch of people that seem to think it's not a bad idea to have him not completely driving the bus. And, and my experience in the last couple of weeks would tend to agree with that. I mean, the way the book and the experience and everything worked out has been pretty profound. No, it's, I mean, it sounds like it, it was that, you know, it sounds like you definitely had some sort of life-changing experience which if you're going to do something like that that's what i think everybody hopes to kind of get out of it you know scary not scary whatever but most people hope to walk away with some sort of enlightening experience that they can use in their day-to-day -day consciousness but without using psychedelics yeah. 
Yeah, right. it's an interesting thing when you can't you, remember it or place it or remember what the fuck happened, but somehow inside you just know and feel. Have you had like an awakening? Like like a few years ago, I kind of had like this like spiritual awakening where I almost don't remember who I was pre three years ago. And when I say that, obviously I have memories and I have a really good memory and I remember everything I've done pretty much. And you know, this part of me and I had this experience and this and that, but from that, the standpoint of like, I really understand myself now, not only do I understand myself, but I kind of look at the world as like, Oh, I'm watching this movie and all this stuff's unfolding. And I'm kind of like, if you want to talk about like, uh, the observer or the watchers or whatever, like, I just feel like I'm, watching this experience happen now from the standpoint of like understanding or at least acknowledging that this this is this big crazy thing and i think most people go throughout the day thinking whatever their day-to-day consciousness is oh work sucked i gotta eat dinner this and that and they don't really think about much but i've generally on a day-to-day basis have had this like this capacity to kind of see things outside of myself um have you ever had, have you had that in your life or 100%. do you think that this was it? I would say or? this was a capstone on a couple of years of that to the point of this or now I can observe myself outside of myself. So for an example, like just yeah. this morning, uh, I pulled into work and I got a nasty email and I was able to observe <laughs> the feeling of anger without feeling angry if that makes sense so i was able to think that's from the i was able to well i was i've been been really trying to get there actively for a while yeah i hadn't looked at meditation as an angle to that yet but i mean trying to stop my triggers has been something i've been working hard on for months and months and months and um Mm. i've just sort of in the last since the dmt has when i've been able to actually exercise some self-mastery and observe that feeling and that rush of anger wash over me, letting it pass Mm -hmm. and, you know, just taking it in, (laughs) not not suppressing it, taking it in, let it pass, not mashing my fucking keypad on my phone while it's there because I know better and just waiting 60 seconds. And then I reply to that email with... Sorry for the misunderstanding. Have a nice day. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not doing it pissed off. I'm doing it Did from it have a to do place. with your guy's show or was it no, something No, no, no. I'm not going to uh, get into what it was. Um, no, no. I, 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 thought, I thought, do you guys, get, you guys get hate? I mean, I, we've gotten some hate mail in the past. from. Oh, yeah. No, that's never bothered <laughs> me. For some reason, the hate mail, I've always been able to laugh off. Yeah. And now I'm just able to, and it's, like I say, laugh off isn't the word because then you'd be suppressing it. And I don't feel like I'm doing that. I was able to feel it, process it, and and right. not, not react to it. Just not, understand that that's just part of the game, you know? Yeah. And if you just acknowledge it, I think it passes quicker. Like way quicker. I've gotten in a couple battles with people, but then that was early on. And then I'm just like, what am I doing? I don't even, you know, this oh, is yeah, stupid. It's the worst when I'm you wrap it somebody, up and you're like, fuck, yeah. what did I do? So here's something I've been I've been doing with with my kids for the last couple months is because you know you always do that thing where you snap at your kids or you yell at your kids, and then like, you know, ten minutes later you're like, "Fuck, I shouldn't have done that." 
And so what I started doing is actively when I get that feeling and it's not an easy thing to do because you don't want to. And I always think it would be easier just to try not to do it next time as when I, as soon as I get that feeling, I stop and I say, Hey girls, come here. You know, I shouldn't have done that because this, this, I did that because I'm stressed out because whatever the reason is. And I apologize for it. And uh, I find that makes me feel way better. And I, I've improved more on not doing the things I don't want to do by using that method in like three weeks or a month than I have and just telling myself I'm not going to do it again. It's almost like you have to, you have to fucking eat your humble pie. You have to look your kids in the face and tell them you fucked up instead of just telling yourself you're sorry in the back of your head. You just look at your kids and tell them you're sorry. And you know what? They'll forgive, they forgive right. you every time. Everyone feels better. And I find that that just helps me exercise a little bit more control over that aspect of my triggering anyway. Right. So I know we don't have a ton of time left, but I do want to touch on the UFO thing because it's been a hot topic lately. We've talked about it oh, a ton It's always on the a show. hot topic. But lately it's been a hot topic. But I, I do want to touch on it because I think it's interesting because from the standpoint of what we're talking about, people battling online and different things, you know, you have this whole culture on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You know, there, there's all the... You, you know, UFO, UAP forums, all that, you know, To the Stars Academy well, stuff. Well, I stormed area. I, I stormed 51. Where were you guys? Were you there? Yeah, you were one of five. You were one of five no. people. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> I was the guy with the cape on, yeah. He doesn't, he's actually one of the the more skeptical ones between, he's actually the more skeptical one between the two of us. I, it's not that I'm like willing to believe just anything, but obviously from the videos that were released and stuff, there's obviously something up there that we don't know about. Um, I I think it's probably all fucking. You think it's fake? Not fake. I think it's like uh, secret tech. You think it's yeah. advanced private Definitely. private like military like uh skunk works and um you know bell labs like all those private aeronautical companies you know like that kind yeah, of stuff Yeah, I is think that that's a big part of it and then if not I like to think it's like future versions of ourselves coming back for like time travel. That'd be cool. That's, that's not a bad theory. They're not like allowed that to contact us so they're always just looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking like what if they're like the Bob Lazar thing, they said that they call them the kids. I was thinking, what if they're kids from the future that are like, this is their schools, like coming back and learning history by living or like vi- visually seeing history unfold. That, that would be fucking nuts. That's right. I can see that, man. And we just, <laughs> I see and that. We got ourselves a screenplay, ladies and they're gentlemen. They're just fucked up on DMT. We're observing their trip it, as an did outside you, observer. Did you feel anything? Was there anything extraterrestrial related while you were in the DMT realm or anything alien in nature? No, I think it was all inside my head. That's what's the most, that's what the most interesting part of it is. So you don't think that, so like we've had other people on the talk about, you know, what would be a good way to look at it is you get reduced to that little singular point of consciousness inside your own brain. And you're sort of looking out from there. Right. Maybe, but you don't think that maybe that, like our mind has this built-in pareidolia where we're just designed on this frequency to pick up these certain things. Like you don't think that that like strips you of that pareidolia. So you're actually seeing 
what reality is actually like because we've had a couple people on that that think that that's the case that they've done dmt tons of times that think that when you smoke it or you do it that it removes that veil, like you're lifting the veil on what reality actually is like our mind is just this thing that's calculating things you know because like vision's a weird thing you know like most of what we know is reality is based on vision well and really we're taking the information in. It's being sent upside down through an optical nerve. It's feeding your brain. Your brain's like a supercomputer. So you're literally putting these pieces together. There's, It's not like a camera taking a picture, you know. It's it's this other thing that's happening, you know. I, I couldn't comment on that. The space I went to was non-navigable. Mm. So I feel like a space like that would need to be navigable to a certain extent. And the place I was like, there was no moving around or there was no, uh, there was no me to move around. But yeah, it's an it's an interesting thing to think about. Be, but the, the, the problem I've always had with some of that is just the, because it's the love feelings. You know what I mean? The, right. the terror and the love and all that is, is, seems, I guess the terror would fit in. I mean, who knows? I mean, right. I, I can't pretend to. I can't sit here. Well, and I just mean like chaos, like you would be seeing chaos, like when normally our mind. Oh yeah, like could you imagine what all the molecules and everything else that's. That's all what the I'm saying. Like, that you're actually seeing the waves of like we can only perceive five percent of the universe visually and like through our perceptions. Like imagine seeing everything at once. You wouldn't know what because your brain isn't functioning the way it's normally functioning, where you're putting the patterns together that make up what we know as reality. You know. That's all I was. I meant by that is like you're yeah, seeing everything. At I once. see that. I think it's the opposite of that. If that makes you sense. think so, that's what it felt like to me. I felt like it was more reducing than expanding. Gotcha. Well, it was both. Mm. I guess it was reducing than expanding. That's we'll all get together one time. Yeah, yeah we gotta. So you guys do what? You guys do that thing. It's what's it called? Contact at the cabin. Contact at the cabin. Yeah, we got another one coming out in April, but there's only one spot left. And what do you guys? That's just like you guys normally have uh, Randall Carlson come out. Is that right? And you guys, what do you guys do there? This year we got Dave Matheson and Brandon Powell. We're going down to the canyons in Utah. Uh, we're gonna spend okay. spend a night doing some stargazing in Bryce Canyon. Another night doing some stargazing in Zion Canyon. Brandon's going to teach us all the Wim Hof style training. Um, we would have Dave Matheson there to give us all the star mythology and point out all the constellations. And uh, yeah, we got a big old fucking cabin rented out and we'll have 40 of us out there, out there throwing down for three days. There might even be some uh, vision quests facilitated. We'll see. Nice. And you guys, um, you guys are up in Calgary, right? That's right. Yeah. Are you a are you a Flames fan? I used to be, but yeah. uh, uh, I haven't watched the game in probably three years. Like the the more I came over to this side of things, the less I cared about hockey and television. And all that's, that stuff. That's 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 weird that you say. I mean, I'm a diehard Detroit Red yeah, Wings. Used to be fan. a real big sports fan, Maisie. I don't. Hear but you talking about I, I don't pay attention anymore. to sports anymore it's weird since i started doing the show and just researching all this different stuff and reading books and stuff i just kind of lost interest i mean i i'm not gonna lie i still watch the red wings but it was um i'm just not as into it as i, I was like die hard sports guy but i'd uh, be interested it's to weird. see where you're at two years from now 
Yeah. Yeah, it'll be gone. I, I don't see that's anything. How, like that's how it happened. That's how it happened to me is it went from the, and I just refilled them with, you know, cooler shit anyway. Right, right. Right. Yeah, I mean. It's, like I talking mean, to I, you I, guys. I, I think that's just a way to pass the time. Hey. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, baby. But I do have well, to run. I appreciate oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I appreciate you coming on. I, I know you got to go. We'll try and get you guys back on. Maybe we can get you together next time and, and do a uh, a deeper dive. But I appreciate you coming on and talking about your experience and uh, opening up. Yes, about, thank you, sir. You know, it's kind uh, of a private thing, but thanks for coming on, I'm an on, open dude. book, man. Good talk. That's it. Uh, the other thing I will mention is I did record the whole thing on audio. So if you have any troubles with any audio, I can send you that. Perfect, perfect. All right. That sounds sounds awesome. That's what man. I'm talking about. We got another, we got someone really thinking through, man. I I like that. I would just record everything because you never yeah. know. We've had we've had to have people send us audio on more than one occasion. <laughs> and you can check out their website at grimerica.ca. Um, they've got their episodes and all their information on there. Um, you can check us out at uh, pull up the thing here. Um, you know, you can check us out at Patreon at patreon.com slash Mike and Maurice. Um, you know, visit our website, Mike and Maurice mind escape.com. We're on Instagram, Mike underscore N underscore Maurice, uh, Twitter. We are Mike escape and, um, yeah, dude, thanks for coming on and we'll check you guys next time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me guys. Peace. Here's my man. Ciao. You're yawning, yet not breathing in a hospital.